bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And I'm with one of my favorite co hosts, Lynn Coplitz. Lynn, welcome back to Star Talk. Thank you. I really, I'm, I, I just have to tell you, I'm so mad at you. Why? Because I, I didn't get to be on the football show. Well, excuse me. I got football peeps out there. Yeah, I got Because put I, I'm a chick. You didn't think I knew anything <laughs> about football. <laughs> Okay, next time. <laughs> Meanwhile, I walked in and asked who, who was playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> next time, for the spaghetti bowl, we'll invite you for that one. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Are you calling me fat? Okay, what's the show about today? The show today <laughs> is about cosmetics, the chemistry and science so of I'm cosmetics. I'm here for the chick show. <laughs> That's right. Well, I thought maybe, you know, have some expertise about cosmetics. Did you know that that cosmetics derives its name from the word cosmos? Of course I did. <laughs> Everyone knows that. You mean cosmos like the cocktail? Uh, well, yeah, maybe they, yeah, they all share the same common Greek word origin, cosmos with a K, oh. and it means sort of order. And so cosmetics has been used oh. since ancient times to rearrange a person's experience. Really? I mean, I mean, appearance, yeah, yeah. Is this what you, you do with your cosmetic? You rearrange your appearance? <laughs> no, at this point, at this point, I don't, I really don't care. This is what you look like when you start giving up. <laughs> apparently, but I Neand- used to do that. Apparently, Neanderthal. War makeup. We have evidence of that. There's there. Why? <laughs> and they still couldn't make themselves look better. <laughs> well, that's our representation. What we've never drawn. Have you ever seen a, a Neanderthal? How draw- do I make brows smaller? <laughs> they all had unibrows back then, exactly. for sure. <laughs> so they have lumps of red ochre and black manganese have been found in Neanderthal sites from fifty thousand to one hundred thousand years ago. And these are these are things that can change the color of, of your skin. I That's mean, interesting. So I guess they use that probably to tell. I mean, it's funny to say that they used it to attract, you know, Neanderthal <laughs> <laughs> men. It's, Wait, it's not hard to attract them even now. <laughs> it's just funny. I can't. I'm trying to picture a Neanderthal with makeup on. It's just it's it's somehow yeah. counter to any concept we have well, of I them. I would think they have so. I I just never thought of them having time to do that. Well, you know, the most famous... <laughs> Hunt and gather <laughs> seems to be priorities on Maslow's hierarchy and needs there. I think the most famous of all like famous people who used a lot of makeup was, of course, Cleopatra. Cleopatra, like total makeup babe, right? And, and I love the Elizabeth Taylor Cleopatra when it's like 60s looking. 
<laughs> There's apparently a lot of extra blue eye makeup. Well, and why was that? Why did Cleopatra? I, I don't know. They had, well, if you had, fancy. If it's available to you, you know, the Egyptians was a pretty advanced civilization in its day. And they're very into their looks. And they buried people with all of, well, if you're royalty, of course, they buried you with all of your belongings, but also all the things that made you look beautiful. They try to preserve that. And so we look at that as, oh, that's weird. But of course, that's what we all do today. It's true. You know. So, do you know, I interviewed two cosmetic chemists. Although we don't do that and paint it outside someone's casket. <laughs> a picture of them with a full eye makeup on, full drag. <laughs> so I, I, I gave a talk recently at a cosmetics chemistry conference and really? bumped into a couple of cosmetic chemists who I couldn't resist. I said, I got to get them on Star Talk Radio. They're, they're two professors of chemistry at Fairleigh Dickinson University in, in, um, in New Jersey. And one of them is, his name is Art. I guess right name George Alice and Steve Herman. So cool. let's just see what they have to say about it, and we'll get back to this whole show on cosmetic chemistry here on Star Talk. Interesting. What is your philosophy? Is it to pres- <laughs> is it to Buddhism? Is it to make people better looking than they are, or to prevent them from looking worse than they should? The the first aspect of of cosmetics was simple products that do basic things: wash your hair. So let's clean uh simple things that that like hand creams that just take dry skin and make you feel a little bit better and functional products that everybody hopefully uses like antiperspirant and soap so <laughs> it starts okay it starts again the, it's true when i put on my my deodorant i'm not thinking chemist i'm really not i'm just thinking i don't want to smell today but you're thinking not only what a cosmetic chemist does but in the case of an antiperspirant and a sunscreen of an otc drug so what we do, over-the-counter drug correct so what we do is sometimes cosmetics uh, which are not regulated by the FDA that way and sometimes we make products that are regulated you can see that on the label when you buy a sunscreen they will have active ingredients followed by the other ingredients same thing when you buy an antiperspirant and that's okay so FDA doesn't regulate it because we don't eat it or well, at least not supposed to eat it they do regulate both cosmetics and drugs I think so FDA regulates cosmetics. I didn't know Absolutely. That. Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act is what we're, we're governed under, but they leave cosmetics off of the, the agency name because it's sort of one of the little minor players. Um, well, <laughs> are, you, are you suggesting that if you come up with a new shampoo, it needs FDA approval? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> so then what are you saying? We're saying that the shampoo, the manufacturer is required by law to prove that the, or to have data that the shampoo is safe for the public to use. Oh, okay. So it's a, they have to, they're responsible for the safety, but the FDA would monitor it if there were a question about it from the public or from some incidents that might have occurred. And clearly, clearly, it's easier to demonstrate the safetyness of a topical product than one that you ingest and has to interact with you chemically. Yeah, the uh, the testing is, is less. Ri- I shouldn't say less rigorous, but less extensive than you would have to do for a drug product. You know, this, the, these are two professional cosmetic chemists, and they're talking, the, they're talking their trade. And, you know, this, this beauty thing's been going back. We mentioned the Neanderthals with makeup. <laughs> and Cleopatra, it's also references in the Bible. 
Je- oh, yeah. Jezebel is one among them. Yes, yeah, it says that she uh, was anointed with perfumes. Yeah, and yeah. And, you know, there's also a big thing in the Bible about, if you think about it, the wise men brought frankincense and myrrh, and those were all perfumes. And myrrh. Perfume was a big thing in the Bible. <laughs> there's always this thing, like, and then she poured oil on Jesus' head, right. and Jesus was like, she's the only one who gave me her smelly oil. Yeah, I mean, it's all there. I mean, it's 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 uh, not that I've ever smelled myrrh before. I have no idea. I think they were stupid gifts anyway, if you want my opinion. Bring some bring some. Soap and a blanket, you idiot. <laughs> the um, things you really need, or diapers. If you're really wise men, <laughs> how about something for the donkey? So, Just been dragging this poor lady around. So over the years, the what we've learned is that uh, cosmetics attempt with the way people use them. They try to exaggerate what you are as female in contrast with who you are trying to attract. And some sometimes it's a uh, features like contrast between the color of your lips and the color of your cheek and your eyes and this sort of thing. I think that's really interesting. I was reading that because men don't have as much of a contrast as women usually. It, it turns out, I wouldn't have thought so until I'd sort of read up on this, and it turns out to be true. There's certain sort of fundamental differences between men and women in their appearance, and then we'd use makeup to try to exaggerate that so that you can stand out better. This is the difference between me and Neil. Neil read up to see it was true. I went online and, and, and Googled women in drag and then looked and then went and looked at like Hillary Swank from Boys Don't Cry. Oh, yeah, yeah, when she played all, a boy, yeah. basically. And, and what they basically did was powdered her lips down. Like, her lips were really... And, and I, it was really bizarre to me. I was like, what do you know? That's true. Yeah, so they... So, the, so it, in other words, the Hollywood, Hollywood folks, whether or not they know it explicitly... They certainly know implicitly that that's what they got to do to make. And throughout history, I guess that's always been true. Women have exaggerated, like, and the dark. I guess the dark red lips mean a youthful. And now woman. it gets exaggerated with surgery, right? Right. Oh, and, Eli- and Queen Elizabeth. Remember that thing I read about? Yeah. What was it? That she, what she made her face white. Her face white, and then she would paint blue veins so that she looked um, transparent. That's that's creepy. <laughs> and creepy, <laughs> transparent and creepy. <laughs> Yeah. So other things, they're they're drugs with cosmetic applications. Did you know that there were eye drops given to people who had glaucoma? And what they found is that those eye drops had a side effect where they grew longer and thicker and darker eyelashes. It's now approved by the FDA for cosmetic use. I just have pictures of someone going, oh, grandma, I'm so glad you can see. And look at those lashes. Don't you look so fawn-like, Nana? You look hot, Grandma. <laughs> look at you, Nana, with those big blinky eyes. Um, yeah, the, that's. I think that la- Latisse, but then they're. But now the concern is that they're. Aren't they changing eye colors or something? Well, yeah. So yeah, but it turns it also makes your eyes darker. So that if you had blue good. eyes and you really like liked your blue eyes, they would. They get darker, but then you you'd have reduced effects of glaucoma. So that's your choice. Tr- but they don't turn your brown eyes blue. No, they don't turn your brown eyes but blue. A but a <laughs> No. And of course, there's the famous Botox. <laughs> it's a neurotoxin. Oh, do we have some sort of music that goes da 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 da? <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's from I the bacteria Botox. Bacillus botulinus, and whatever, which means terrific. Well. well so what it does is it paralyzes the nerve endings where it gets injected. Do you know anything about Botox, Lynn? Oh, you're such a jerk. You know I do. 
I get it all the time. I, really? would, get, I would get it right now if I could get it. What, so what part of your anatomy do you stick it up? Do you put it in? Stick it up. That's nice, Neil. <laughs> I hope your family. Well, okay. I ask. I ask because you hear about it getting used in the face, but I recently learned that that Hollywood folks who are going to be on the red carpet, they get it injected into their armpits to prevent sweating. Yes. You don't have like wet spots underneath. It's for people who like have that perspiration problem or going through uh, <laughs> hot flashes like I'm doing, but I wouldn't do that. To me, that's way too vain. I just have it shot right in my face. Just in your face. Yeah, and it, it paralyzes your face and you you really can't use facial expression as much, which I don't think it's all that cracked up. I don't think facial expression's all it's cracked up. It's not all, let's go back to my interview with, uh, in, in, in this case, we focus on Steve Herman, a cosmetic chemist from Fairleigh Dickinson University, and we'll just get some background on how some of these products were developed what's this one i see everywhere polysorbate 60 what's well, the, what does that do and what is it for polysorbate 60 polysorbate 20 are surfactants or yeah, i was going to say 20 too but i just i, I was going to say you, that. Can, you can say 20 <laughs> and if you had hours and hours we could go into how that actually came about and it, and it came out of world war ii there was a company called uh, Atlas Chemical Company in Delaware that was making explosives out of mannitol. And a thing that was left over was just piling up outside the, the building. It was sorbitol. And this is the byproducts of, of explosives. Making, of making uh-huh. explosives. Uh, we sent people to Germany as the war was ending, scientists, because we wanted to know what kind of science Germany had during the war. One of the people came from Atlas Chemical Company, went to Germany and found out how the German chemists were making chemicals water-soluble using something called ethoxylation. He came back, saw this big pile of debris and said, oh my God, if we ethoxylate this, we're going to have products that are have detergent properties. And those were the, the first surfactants that were synthetic chemicals that were used in personal care. Well, wait, so you said a, there were a lot of words in there. Let me just unpack oh. that. So <laughs> a lot of chemi- chemistry words. A lot of chemistry okay, words. Okay, so surfactant. What is a surfactant? Okay, let's take all this chemistry and reduce it to one magic molecule. And let's go back to something that everyone knows, Italian dressing. When you take a bottle of Italian dressing, you have two layers in it. The oil and the vinegar. And when you use it, you shake it before you use it because that shaking temporarily mixes it together. But you can buy creamy Italian dressing, which is... My my preference. Which is all mixed together. It sticks better to the lettuce. Something... Don't tell me you put glue in it so that sticks better than the other stuff. Something that you put in it changes it from being two separate phases which is an irregular Italian dressing, to one phase, which is called an emulsion. And you use emulsions all the time. So one phase, that's your fancy word for, for one d- density. Well, uh, yeah. yes, you've taken two, th- two things that are incompatible and you've married them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there, Lynn. There's a lot going on. And Lynn, I, I was browsing your website recently, lynncoplitzcomedy.com. <laughs> that's right. And did I... Did I see what I thought I saw? Yeah, there's me getting Restylane and Botox and Perlane. Restylane and Perlane are fillers. But these are your beauty secrets. You're letting your people realize this? I'm just letting them know that I'm real. I'm keeping it real now. (laughs) But they can see it. It's a video on there. It's a video of you getting Botox. And and, and what what are you you getting injected in your skin? Restylane and Perlane are fillers. Fillers. Yeah, they're things like what they used to use. It was collagen. Now they use Restylane and Perlane. Oh, okay. They're apparently better for you. So this, this fleshes out parts of your face that would otherwise be sunken and it builds them up. It's, it's, it's called a, um, a knifeless, uh, uh, what do you call it, facelift. When we come back, we'll talk about lasers and how you remove scars and what role NASA has played in all of this in a moment. 
Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Lynn Coplitz, my comedic co-host. Lynn, you're here for our special show on cosmetic chemistry. So, so it's the cosmetic chemistry is not only about the chemistry; it's about the mechanical things one can do to the body. And lasers, well, you know, all about LASIK surgery. It fixes your eyes, so that you don't need the glasses and the and the and the contact lenses. And generally, people believe they look more beautiful without glasses. And so, there's lasers making people beautiful. What do you think of that? I don't wear glasses, so I, you know, Is that Neil, what you bump I just into care stuff? about things that affect me directly. <laughs> and <laughs> so, no, but but I do think it's a little weird to do that. I think most people look fine with glasses or. Contacts. That's I feel the same way actually. Sometimes even glasses can even be sexy, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do. yeah. And of course, they use lasers for hair removal. We grew up in a hot for teacher time. That's why. <laughs> You know, Einstein wrote down the first equation that enabled lasers, and I'm just wondering is if you said true? it is true. It is true. Not widely known. And he clearly didn't use it. <laughs> it was a hairy little mess. But I just wanted to say, I'm inventing lasers so that we can have LASIK surgery one day. It's interesting how you can invent something, and I have no clue where it'll where it'll turn up. I just later wish on. we had that when I was a kid because we didn't have hair removal, and I'm Italian, so I look so like you got a hairy monkey. places. Yeah. yeah. And my mother would let me bleach my mustache, so then it was just kind of a light a blonde mustache. Tom Selleck kind of looking thing, yeah. <laughs> a blonde Tom Selleck mustache. A nice, thick magnum mustache. So also, they use lasers to remove scars and stretch marks and tattoos, because what it does is it vaporizes the upper layer of the skin, and then the skin grows back afresh. And so it can reduce the effects of discoloration so and the rest of this. Speaking of um, stretch marks, yeah? did, did you ever hear about how no, the, I've never had a stri- stretch mark. the strivectin? 
No, I don't Do know, you know what that, that is. That's no. a, a cream that they use for stretch marks. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently somebody smacked it on their face. It worked so well on the stretch marks. They said, oh, I'll see if it works. So they put it on their face, and it did. And now they sell it in, in Sephora and stuff to remove, um, you know, fine lines from your I face. Didn't know and that. my Botox guy said, oh, yes, it works very well. So guess who's getting that today? Today? Yeah, <laughs> on my way home. You're getting stretch marks cream on your face. Yes, and people use hemorrhoid cream on their face, too, to, re- to reduce puffiness. Women do this. This is crazy. I think it's just hilarious that <laughs> someone's putting it on their butt, and they're like, oh, this works well. Hey. What an idea. <laughs> Those puffy things under my eyes. <laughs> my butt and my eyes. What, a, what, a g- Gee, what else is puffy? <laughs> One of my favorites is, again, the role of NASA nanotechnology, which is trying to make things as small as possible yeah. and still make them useful and effective. <laughs> and so in sunscreens, it turns out if you turn sunscreens into sort of nanoparticles and layer that on your skin, then it's not this sort of goopy, greasy uh, uh, surface uh, coating on your skin. What happens is the particles are so tiny, they actually get into the nooks and crevices and, cr- uh, and crannies of your skin surface. And the, it has properties that resemble what light does off the surface of the moon. And so you can correspond. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. So the software that they used at NASA to understand light reflectivity off the surface of the moon was applied to anti, anti-wrinkle anti cream with, with nanoparticles and how they would then interact with the light on the texture of your skin. That's interesting. And I think that's what they're doing a lot now with mineral makeup. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I don't know if you know about it, but it's where, where you can mix it and then you don't even, they say you can even sleep in it because, you, and it's great. It, it fills in the little just lines part on of your, your skin, face right. and it becomes part of your skin. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is a lot of it is reflective. Yeah. So now that's why people are wearing a lot of the shiny makeup because they say that it reflects the light. And it so makes you're you sparkly. Look, you, yes. It makes you look youthful and dewy. Which is a bit, with a big driver of, 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 of cosmetics from the beginning, how to make you look youthful. And did you know that they're female astronauts? Perhaps the men as well, but we don't see those. Female astronauts mm-hmm. on board space station are also use makeup in the morning. Whatever their morning is, that they, they'll put it on. Well, I'm sure. What if they actually bump into a, a, an alien or something? You want to look your best? <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, you'd think maybe you'd leave the, make, the makeup at home. But this has to be NASA-approved makeup so that it doesn't, like, outgas or turn, you know, do, do weird things for you. That really would be funny, though, to be overly made up in the, in the space helmet. <laughs> And it's not only just things that make you look good, it's things that make you smell good, too. One of my favorite recent advances is they're trying to make a perfume that contains oxytocin. What is that? Oxytocin. You know, that's like the drug that like makes... Oxycontin? Like I, a drug? I, yeah. Well it's, well, it's related. It's like the one where it's the one where you trust another person. So the, you could put a perfume on that makes people go, all right, you can have my handbag. <laughs> Well, I think they would be after other things if this is the perfume that they're wearing. So what they're trying to do is create a perfume. Like a roofie perfume? A, a perfume that, that, that chemically changes how two people react to each other. It's not just, oh, you smell good. It's, wow, I really want more of you. I you thought know? that pig semen perfume or pig sweat or whatever did that. I missed that news cycle, if that's what or They were, were using like some sort of gland from a pig, and apparently it did it. It, it also it did like that. It was like pheromones or Yeah, something. yeah. Well, this is, this is what drives it. And so back to my interview with the cosmetic chemist, Art Georgialis and Steve Herman. It's interesting. Uh, we talked about the safety and concerns of cosmetics and also uh, a little bit about perfumes. Let's see what they say. I worked for about 38 years in the fragrance industry, specifically doing fragrance applications. 
So my I don't what, fragrance applications. What what, <laughs> what what does that mean? <laughs> like I know there's a better, a simpler way to say that. You, well, st- you sticks. Nice smelling things into other things. Oh, of course. When you, if you, <laughs> well, why did you say that? Oh, no, no, right. Yeah, don't you? Don't, don't, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> Does not sound right. When people think of fragrance, they think of going to a store like Bloomingdale's to the perfume counter and buying something like CK1. They used, they used to chase you down. They don't do that Absolutely. anymore. Yeah, they don't that? do that anymore. But much more perfume by volume goes into things like Tide and Downy. The biggest consumer of perfumes is, is Procter & Gamble, and they go into laundry detergent. But another thing I is, didn't know that. So my clothes are smelling fresh and clean. That's one place all this fragrant research goes into. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Another thing is if you watch people shop, let's say for shampoo, and just watch a consumer going to buy shampoo, what do they do? They open the cap and they smell it. They don't think about how it cleans their hair. The signal to buy comes from the nose. So this dabbles in aromatherapy, right? I mean, I, I've, I've smelled products labeled as aromatherapeutic, and they smell much deeper to me than other things that also smell good. The cosmetic industry, well, the perfume industry specifically defines something as aroma science to describe the emotional and physical effects that fragrance can have on us. Okay, so it could be for any fragrance then. How about the fact that you, when you smell something, it can trigger a memory from decades ago? Well, that's called the... Proustian hypothesis. Oh, now I understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Marcel Proust? That is Marcel Proust. Marcel Proust, okay. In in Remembrance of Things Past, there's a long description of the memories evoked by the smell of a Madeleine, a a French pastry. And that's given its name to all of the emotive, the memorial. That's cute. That's cute. Uh, Another example, uh, let's say the smell of skunk, which many people don't like. Many? Many people. I would uh, say 100%. It is not 100%. My wife likes the smell of skunk. She associates it with visiting her grandmother in Pennsylvania. What They would drive from well, New it's Jersey a, it's to an Pennsylvania. It's associative smell. Absolutely. So her smell of skunk reminds her of, her of her grandmother, and it brings back a happy memory. So some things are, are learned. If right now I had put the smell of Chanel Number no. 5 on you and punched you in the face... The next time you smelled Sinon number five, you would <laughs> you would have an association. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would assure you that that would be the last time you ever did that to anybody. <laughs> it doesn't disprove the science. It doesn't disprove the science. <laughs> so, Lynn, are you from the backwoods? Did you use eau de skunk or no? I'm, first of all, I'm not from the backwoods. <laughs> well, you're from some wood. Where did you yeah, grow up? I, in no, the- I, I, my family lives in Virginia. It's hardly the backwoods compared to Manhattan. I would think so. Okay, but the smell of skunk. I just like that he's like my wife would like this again. <laughs> and Chanel number no. five, do you still use this? Is that yeah, right? and I wear it partly for that reason because it reminds me of my mother. Oh, so, so it's an associative memory. It again. Reminds me of my mom, and also because every time I'm around men, they're like, "That smells really good," and it's because it reminds them of their mother. Oh, so, so it's not only what cosmetics smell like; it's whether they're safe to use. Let's pick up a clip on that. The products that you get from the cosmetic industry are safe and effective. There are consumer groups, uh, because there's so much misinformation on the Internet, who have what they call an anti-chemical bias. And they think everything we, that has chemistry on it is, is going to kill you, and it's a, a big conspiracy. So my best and, friends are made of chemicals. Absolutely. And, and, and these anti-chemical groups, while they, there are safety issues... So they're like, they're like the chemistry version of PETA. Correct. 
And there are anti-cosmetic activists trying to make laws. Uh, the fact is the industry has been extremely concerned about safety forever. The fragrance industry is specifically very concerned about safety. Yeah, but it's not because they're, they're altruistic. It's because they would go out of business. Right, well, I, don't, I don't believe it's because they really care. They, they want to keep their, you know, their reputation. Up right, 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 right. Also, to forestall any more, more stringent regulations or more. Oh, so they they police themselves basically. Exactly. Right, exactly. So Otherwise, somebody comes after a you. Lot, a lot of industries are like that. They mm-hmm. they want to make sure that they're maintaining safe and effective and quality sure. products because again, it's good business and it prevents. Or, or, you know, slows down the uh, increased regulatory constraints that we mm-hmm. might have. Yeah, I mean, safety matters in everything. And what's the cost of beauty is what this is all about, you know. And after the break, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to talk about how the ancient Egyptians used lead-based makeup. and what that effect, da- was it, Would that kill them? It would, but they wouldn't have known that. In fact, they didn't even know that the, the element lead, you know, was... they died looking good. <laughs> When we come back, we'll talk more about animal testing and how that can be circumvented because of technology. This is Star Talk Radio, a special show on cosmetic chemistry. Not cosmic chemistry, cosmetic chemistry. This stuff goes way back. And of course, there are some health issues that you should be concerned about. For example, if you go back into the 19th century, there was this belladonna. You ever read about belladonna? It was it's a ju- poison, right? It was, well, yeah, but not had, as originally used. It was a juice that they used to drink. And it makes your eyes sparkle, your pupils dilate, and your cheeks go flush for having consumed it. And these are they're considered signs of attraction because, the, in fact, the name beautiful... Now it's called ecstasy. <laughs> and, and if you translate belladonna, what do you get? You get beautiful... Beautiful girl. Beautiful woman, that's or right. Woman. That's right. And it's also known as deadly nightshade. And it to- has toxic qualities and an overdose causes death. So it's it's beauty or death, you know. It's one of these things. Oh, you know? and that's really weird. So if you don't take an overdose of it, it just makes you look pretty? Yeah, and an overdose, you're dead. But then everybody gets gluttonous. <laughs> and, I want to be prettier. And there's also, did you know that the <laughs> that oxytocin, that chemical that gives makes people trust each other, this has been found in as a, a fundamental part of the the you know the prairie voles. You know about these? Some of them. Sure. They have, <laughs> <laughs> don't watch the animal planet. <laughs> I'm just going to say, um, whatever. There's, it's a little dog that runs around in the prairie. There's the monogamous prairie ball. Like they, they find a mate and they stay hooked, hitched for life. And what we think is going on. What is up, that? Is that an animal? A vole, an animal. A prairie vole, yeah. Don't say vole like I'm supposed to know. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's an animal plant. Everybody knows if you watch okay. the animal channel. I'm just saying there's a, there's a, a, there's a kind of prairie vole that is monogamous. And it's monogamous their entire life. And when you Aww. study what may have enabled that, what they find is that the release of oxytocin and other chemicals can allow them to be addicted to each other. We think it's an addiction. The, that's what the oxytocin That makes provides. me sad. That means we're going to take their little gland 
right? <laughs> That's what it means. That's what it means. I'm telling you right now, someone's going to cut open that little prairie roll and get its little thing that makes it monogamous. Maybe they can make it in the lab. But with regard, interesting you mentioned, with regard to animal testing on cosmetics, part, that's been a hot topic. Because well, it's been done for it's, years and it's really hideous. Like so what they they're trying to... Bunnies in the eye with mascara. Right. So what they're trying to do is shift away from animal testing. And so, for example, L'Oreal, the, the company, mm-hmm. they designed a new chip that simulates the behavior of skin cells when you've put makeup on it. And it eliminates the need to test out allergic responses in other little pets and fuzzy creatures. Bravo, L'Oreal. Right, yeah. And so the chip contains a layer of cultured human skin cells. And it allows them to recognize whether there's an immune response or or whether you have an allergic response based on what the reaction of the skin cells on this chip. So that, you know, that's, that's, that's where that plays. What does it mean, Neil, when it says that something's, I, I don't know exactly what this means, when something is hypoallergenic. I mean, it doesn't mean that, I know it's suppo- it means that it's better for people with allergies, but it can't mean that it won't, it won't hurt you. It just means that it, it's, it's really, it, when they've tested it, it's worked well on yeah, people exactly, with allergies? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, okay. Or test on whatever forces there were. We've okay. got a good clip where we've got... <laughs> My two favorite cosmetic chemists, the only two that I know, they just talk about what they what they do and what what efforts, how widespread their efforts are in, in culture and in our beauty. What the consumer is looking for are really drastic changes to their skin structure that's happened because of age, and they'd like to reverse that. But reversing that is actually a physiological change. You're changing the structure and function of. Uh, of your of your biochemistry, right? Right. So you, you you know you're tailing into the drug area, and you'd have to basically do the studies to show that that was both safe and effective for performing that function. But there are things that we can do that don't affect your skin that still make you feel better, look better. There are optical properties that uh, when you have a wrinkle on your skin, it's actually a shadow. It's where where you see it because it's a shadow. If you can lighten that area optically, you don't see the shadow and you don't see the wrinkle. Well, that's just makeup at that point. No, no, no. It's a little bit... It's a little different because the shadow is there, but also as you grow older, your skin color changes. Skin uh, in young people has a a greenish-blue color component and a red color component. As you Get is that old. like white people skin? I mean, whose skin are you talking white about? White people skin. Okay, like, thank yes, you. Being a okay. white person, people, yeah, people that. equals white people. Okay. When I was a kid, in the you know the Crayola, <laughs> you know, they didn't call it pink; they called it flesh. I said, "What flesh are you talking about?" What? Okay, so go on. Well, okay, so us white okay, people so, so, <laughs> have, the, have, have two colors, have these two, have these two pigments. As you get older, the reddish blue one it fades away, and you look redder. Which, that's why older people they look redder. They look they are redder. They, they literally they don't they just look redder. redder. They are redder. They are redder. Now you can now take a particle. You can make it reflect light, and then you can make it actually iridescent, and, ref, and you can engineer that color so it reflects out a bluish green light, which counteracts that reddish appearance. You've now made the wrinkle go away optically, and you've changed the color of the skin to make the skin look younger it's because even it because subliminally we associate the other color with younger people exactly these it's amazing what these guys are thinking about i mean i, I don't know if it, it's kind of creepy actually that somebody's <laughs> put that much brain power into what's going on on your face Lynn, are you well, you're you know, happy do, for this but you know i do a lot of tv stuff and everything and, and I've, I've studied all these little makeup artists and one of the best things they say is like when you put bronzer on to always put really bright pink blush on top of it 
because then it, it looks more youthful. Otherwise, just the bronzer will make so, you look so, older. So it's all about trying to look young. Mm-hmm. We got another clip where we talk about the effects of smoking and sun exposure on how old or young you can look. Let's oh, see what no. more are, or what my favorite chemists tell us. Go. The okay. worst things for your skin are the sun and smoking. We, we know that. Why does, what does smoking do to your skin? I never heard that. Oh, smoking is terrible. If you look at smokers, their skin gets like tremendously wrinkled. And I hate to say it's about chemistry. It's about the free radicals that are in smoke. It it affects like the collagen. In the oh, skin. so it's the external presence of the smoke, not the fact yeah. that they inhaled it that affects the oh, skin. Oh, correct. It's, okay, it's, so how about people who hang around campfires? Same problem? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, so campfire people have messed up skin is what you're saying. Uh, if you do it all your life. And, and then go to look for... At, at a, and, and, at a, and, and barbecue pe- people tailgating football games they're going to have bad skin well the amount of hours that they really spend doing that neil would not probably not be, not be like significant a, like a chain smoker yeah not like a chain yeah. smoker oh so uh, like a chain smoker is always a, a chain smoker is immersed in the cloud all the time i got you so let's go back to the sun we know the sun is bad for you and we do make sunscreen i happen to like the sun but okay well, but all right you, but, have, you have some natural protection neil. right okay but <laughs> This, we know the sun is bad for you. It breaks down DNA. The sunscreens that we make, and they have SPF, they have, they have drug claims on them. And we know that by either staying out of the sun or by wearing sunscreens, that you are definitely preventing a lot of damage, external damage from your skin. And there's two kinds of aging. There's aging from the outside and there's aging from the inside. It's called extrinsic and intrinsic aging. That external aging from... Assault from the from the environment, from smoke, from sun, from chemicals that are in the air, the cosmetic industry can help protect you from. So that, as a preventative thing, is very, very real. So in a way, it's like a cosmetic force field. Yes. Where you are protected from assaults on your beauty. Correct. So that's the number one thing. A number and that's two. probably the bulk of the products that get sold. Yes. Okay. Number it's a, it's a huge market. Number two yeah, is sunscreens um, in, in regular daily products now, protecting. Uh, it, it's in it's in in lip balm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I remember when it showed up. It's like, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The next thing we can do is halt some of the damage that, that the sun is causing. The sun creates a, a, a cascade effect, damage that leads to other damage. And by using things like uh, antioxidants, we're able to stop that cascading effect and prevent, you know, the damage from spreading as far as it could. So there you see a lot of products that have vitamins in them or antioxidant claims often from, uh, from botanical products. Now, what I think you might be able to do is to send people into space and then gravity is not dragging on your body parts, you know. Have you, have you looked at uh, the skin of astronauts who've yes. come back? You have? Yes. The effect of being in space is the same as the effect of natural aging on the ground, on skin. So it's no different? No. It is accelerated in space. The added effect that you get from being in, in space is equivalent to what we get aging here. It increases wrinkles and... and degradation uh 10 times faster or five times faster do we know um it's hard because they don't spend that you know they're only a few months in space but we know it has a bad effect on the skin because look you're in an environment where things like humidity are different than they are on the earth (laughs) yeah i mean the sun is you know you gotta love the sun but it's gonna it's gonna mess you up as well and i see i come from a time like i went i i was raised in florida and my mother would literally roll us in like lather us down in baby oil plain old baby oil no before you went out to the yeah 
Yeah. Before we went to the beach, if we got the sand on us, we looked like chicken cutlets. <laughs> we would literally, and we would play all day in that. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to affect me. And that was not a protection from the sun. That, that just oiled you up. It, just, right. it basically just greased it's you up so you could go cook. You could get fried. Yes. Well, it's, it, of course, it's the ultraviolet light from the sun that, that interacts with your skin and makes you dark. And, of course, that's what gives you skin cancer. But they have these tanning beds for I people know. that don't want to wait for the sun or go to the beach. Did you ever use tanning beds? What do you use? Oh, really? A masking. I don't know. <laughs> I'm right up there with Snooky and the rest of the Jim <laughs> Jim laundry tan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I use tanning beds. I use them all the time. And right now, the tanning salon by my house closed Uh oh! and I've been feeling very pasty that's why you look kind of Casper like here yeah thank you <laughs> and um but 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 I started taking vitamin D because I saw this thing on Good Morning America where they said if you're not getting sun that you have to take vitamin D we've got to take a quick break but more stock up when we return Price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. This is Star Talk Radio. Welcome back. You know, there's a whole industry behind creams that will change your skin color, make it lighter, make it darker, get rid of dark spots. And I cre- buy them all. <laughs> so, Lynn, you're, I, I, if, <laughs> if we took away your cosmetics cabinet, Lynn, I, what would you look like the next day? Neil, I look just fine. Oh, well, then uh, the way you talk about it, I don't I, I don't just know. have a lot of lotions and <laughs> ointments. <laughs> but now look at my hands. They're orange. Why do you have orange hands? Because when you use self-tanner, if you if you don't put gloves on, which I, I absolutely don't, and you don't use like a scrub to take it off immediately, your hands will get darker. You rub self-tanner on your body? Yeah, all the time. Or just the parts that are exposed? All the time. And every time I rub it in, I think, I hope this isn't carcinogenic. <laughs> We got to call my guys and find out. Could you? Yeah. So th- we have another clip where we talk about just what what goes on with these with all the skin cha- color changing. That, so these guys, like I said, are not only worry about things that make you beautiful, 
you know, makeup and rouge and all the rest of this, but just things people do just to completely change who and what they are. And it, it's kind of scary, I think. Well, they also control like antiperspirants and stuff too, like things that make you stop sweating. That, and- all of this, all of this. It's kind of the, the power that they exercise over what we look like is extraordinary. That's so let's find out what they say about sort of ethnic products and skin lighteners. And of course, they'll come, the, the, the dangers of oh, tanning Ethnic bags. products. <laughs> I learned the hard way. Don't use a black girl's hair stuff. Let's find out. Now, since you pointed out that you're not a white person, we have, <laughs> we have, it, it, there's a whole. This is range, a radio audience, so we have to no, clarify that there is a whole range of things that then happen because African American hair is different from Caucasian hair, and the products have to be made differently. The treatments, makeup has to be different colors, and one of the products to straighten hair it has very severe chemistry. So the ethnic care products are a specialty within the personal care products that we make that go to the special needs of these other markets. So anytime I'm on TV, of course, you go in the makeup room. It's funny, when I walk in, there's a whole other box that they slide right. over into place yeah. that has the palette, colors, yeah, the, yeah, the palette that mm-hmm. would serve my skin color. And those products, what we would call ethnic products, which were uh, basically a, a small little industry on their own, About 10 years ago, those companies were bought up by the giants like L'Oreal and became then part of their their mass market Mm. operations. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that changed from being sort of a little neighborhood type of product to being part of the the multinationals. Plus, it would help mainstream it, I guess, if you're part of the the bigger force of the... Right. The market really grew, and they Mm -hmm. saw an opportunity there, Mm -hmm. and uh, they uh, bought, as Steve said, a number of those bigger companies... uh, Afro Sheen, I think, was one of them. Yeah, I, remember. I yeah. used that yeah. back when I had a Afro, you know, big yeah. Afro. And another example of these kind of products are skin lighteners, which are very popular in the Asian market, where there are societies that identify lighter skin with upper class because the workers were out in the sun and the rich people were inside. So an upper class person, if they add a lighter skin tone, and, and we have products like that. There are drug products that are used, in, in, and there are botanical products that are used as skin lighteners. So there's never a point where you say, this is crazy. What are you guys doing? It's yeah. like, just oh, be yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> satisfied with being their self. They want to change their hair color, their skin color. Yeah, but you're, you're like enabling that, right? right? So, well, suppose you said, you guys are crazy. <laughs> just, just... But then on the opposite side, you have the white people who want to be dark. And then you have the tanning salons and you have the... Yeah, so tanning salons, does that... I assume they have the right wavelength no. of uv uh, to not they're terrible they're they're one of the most dangerous things and probably they will end up being banned they are the worst things ever for for people's skin they will give you cancer but why hasn't that it's, been rampant already or is there, there's a time delay that'll show it's, up it's happening yeah these guys are these guys are on it these guys i mean they're 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 Telling it like it is and how it might be about these tanning salons, you know. Listen, I just, I'll, I'm stuck still on the ethnicity thing. Oh, yeah? I, I just want to know what it is that makes, like, black women not age. <laughs> like, Oprah's, like, 400 <laughs> years old. She doesn't look one bit different today than she did when she started. And I watched her in Color Purple the other day. Uh, oh, yeah? On high def. And she's, still, and she's not that pretty in Color Purple. <laughs> And, but not a line on her face. Not a line on the face. Not We're, a line. And even Eddie Murphy's joke that, that black people really don't have the acne problems that the white people do. I, it's no, they like, don't have acne or bacne or any of that horrible. Bacne? Ooh. White people get bacne. <laughs> Let's go back to my guys and see what they see about the, say about the future of cosmetics. In the near term, there's a lot more involvement of the biology 
uh, scientist in skin biology and also genomics. So beauty from within. Beauty from within. Well, not only beauty from within, but also understanding what the uh, components are of having beautiful and more, more youthful looking skin. So there's a lot of research being done there to understand the genomic, what, re, you know, what part of your genome is controlling how you're aging. So there will be eventually products to forestall that, even to reverse it. But then we talk about how are those going to be marketed? Will they be medical devices or will they be cosmetics or will they be topical drugs or even ingestible drugs? So there's, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, interesting things coming up in the future, all coming out of that skin biology. And the long term? The long term, I think, is really the manipulation, maybe, of your genes. Long term is a face transplant. Well, that, that's a possibility, too, but, you know... Do, yeah. Uh, the face transplant has been done already. I thought I remembered a new cycle where that was the case. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be the ultimate of cosmetic surgery, I yes. guess. <laughs> <But> <laughs> if you want to change the way you look. I mean, there was a Humphrey Bogart movie that, uh, that was the whole thesis of uh, changing the way he looked in order to escape uh, prosecution. And uh, mm. So, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, they thought about that all the way back in the 40s. And, uh, but now you're right. It, it is a reality. But would you really want to change your face? Or you would you really just want to have given how much surgery given how much surgery some people have on their face that's what they're doing they're changing their yeah. face right, look at Michael Jackson talk about surgery uh, Lynn you're friends with Joan Rivers I am I I, I, you got to love her because she just she's just so upfront about all that goes on with her looks she really she she actually came to one of my shows and she said listen whenever I laugh I'll hit the table so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the, the Botox that's in her face and everything She's else? making me laugh. She's, she's one of the funniest, most wonderful people I've ever met. You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.